What's going on, family? Happy Tuesday, and welcome to another edition of The Faction Quick Hits. You know who I am, or if you don't, well, hey, listen, it's GB, Gerard Bonner, representing for my good brothers, and I hope you are doing well. I hope that today finds you healthy and well and excited about the future. I know the world can be a little bit crazy, but this is why I love the world of pro wrestling, because pro wrestling, yes, it provides an escape for us, but it also provides us community. It provides us, you know, with all sorts of amazing feel good moments and the like. So this is why we love pro wrestling. And I hope you are doing absolutely well. Thank you so much for your continued support of all things connected to The Faction, Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at The Faction Show. Thank you also for supporting this podcast by uh, subscribing and the like. And if you haven't done so, just hit the subscribe button uh, wherever it is that you're listening to us, and we will absolutely appreciate it. Also, go ahead and rate and download this podcast. If, if you would rate us and leave a comment on the space where you are subscribed to us, we would really appreciate it, and it allows others to see all all the cool things that are happening here. So today's Tuesday. You know what that means? Well, what that means right now in the month of January is a review of the year of 2020. So last week, we started and talked about the first quarter of 2020, talked about the Royal Rumble and a few other spaces. If you missed it, go back, check it out. I think you'll enjoy it. Today, we want to talk about perhaps the singular event that defined 2020 and changed the course of it. And the irony of it is the big news item from yesterday is the announcement that WWE champion Drew McIntyre has tested positive for COVID-19. Being the first WWE announcement and acknowledgement of the virus by name. With that said, it is the virus by name, COVID-19, that absolutely changed pro wrestling across all desks as we know it. So let's go back to March the 18th. March the 18th was a special date for WWE as uh, for one of only a handful of times, WWE opened the Performance Center to fans and they had Fan Appreciation Night for NXT. Now, for those who may have forgotten, NXT had been airing regularly from Full Sail University. That's been the home of NXT really since uh, its inception when they moved down to Florida. And so it was very, very interesting and perhaps was a sign of things to come uh, for what WWE would need to use the Performance Center for. But it was a huge card. They welcomed fans, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, really, the only time I can remember the Performance Center being opened for an event of this nature was uh, for Halftime Heat when NXT put on Halftime Heat just a couple of years ago during the Super Bowl. So with that said, uh, on the 18th is also where the NCAA uh, ended up making the decision to uh, shut down uh, really its March Madness. And you've got to know March Madness is massive for the NCAA. We found out from the NBA that uh, they shut down their season when a couple of their players uh, tested positive. And now controversy moves because we get into that Friday, March the 20th, where WWE was scheduled to have SmackDown uh, from the Detroit area. And they ended up making a last minute decision to reschedule that or basically to move it from Detroit and bring it down to the Performance Center. 
And as we began to see many, many closings, there were lots of questions on the table in terms of all of pro wrestling. Suddenly we saw New Japan Pro Wrestling shut down. We saw Ring of Honor make the decision to shut down. And now the question was, what was going to happen to these primarily major organizations? You had WWE uh, with WrestleMania just a couple of weeks away trying to make a decision what do we do you have aew who had a major card that next week that next wednesday the 25th was supposed to be uh their war games like presentation coming from new jersey what would they do with that and where would all of these things be housed what would happen so WWE somewhat led the charge on March the 20th with their decision to host SmackDown live from the WWE Performance Center with no fans. It is the first time that a major broadcast program from any of these major organizations happened with no fans, with the exception of another halftime heat situation where WWE years ago brought us the famous empty arena match between The Rock and and mankind the irony that it was an empty arena match as now the empty arena would become the new template for all of pro wrestling what we saw was wwe having to be wildly creative on the fly and so they brought us smackdown raw and almost every other wwe program for the foreseeable future for a while uh from the performance center So here's a couple of things that became interesting during this pandemic. One of the things was, of course, creativity. WWE, AEW specifically, uh, since they were the companies running, along with Impact, uh, were forced to be wildly creative. And WWE led the charge by proxy since, uh, unlike AEW, uh, WWE had three weekly shows to figure out. SmackDown being the first, Raw being the second. So they brought us SmackDown from an empty arena. And so the creativity there is, well, we've got an empty arena. But what WWE did not do is actually say the words COVID-19, nor would they say global pandemic. They would say things like, with all that's going on in the world, we had to make some changes, but they would never flat out say COVID-19 or global pandemic, not for quite some time. So the decision for WWE was to run these empty arena smackdowns and raws. All house shows were immediately canceled. And uh, what ended up happening was WWE, of course, was running shows uh, the same way they did. Uh, The hard cam focused on the audience. But in this case, we saw empty seats, which certainly put something in the heads of people. I'll talk about what that creativity spawned for WWE in a little bit. AEW clearly was watching what WWE did and what they decided to do was to go ahead and uh, they started doing shows um, both from Daly's Place and then they began doing shows uh, here in Atlanta. I'll tell you about that in a second. But one of the major things that AEW did was AEW turned the camera from the audience to the main stage 
that became super important because psychologically it stopped reminding fans that it is an empty arena situation and it started showing fans and focusing fans on production value etc etc now both wwe and aew had to be very creative for a number of reasons on one hand they are responsible uh, in a contract with their networks for providing programming secondly Given those networks, looking at a TNT, for instance, who lost the NCAA tournament, lost basketball and its playoffs, they were looking for programming. Same thing for both USA and Fox. So the WWE and AEW were primed to provide necessary programming for these networks. And as a lot of people have questioned, should they or shouldn't they have made this move during the pandemic? There were a lot of reasons why, as we would soon learn. We talked a little bit about creativity, and there was massive creativity needed for both organizations as AEW went on and decided uh, to tape a slew of shows from right here in Atlanta. And uh, their decision to do that was because, again, they needed programming. Um, for multiple weeks and the challenge was they did not know if they'd be able to continue to gather at Daly's place or not so they taped probably six weeks of programming in about two days before everything shut down kind of a brilliant move so that they would have things in the can on the other side being the WWE side Vince McMahon and WWE was trying to figure out a couple of things. First of all, how do we manage to continue providing programming um, when the state of Florida is shut down? The bigger question was, what would happen to WrestleMania? WrestleMania was slated to be at the Raymond James Stadium in Tampa, Florida, preparing to welcome 80,000 people. And there was a lot of pressure. Would WrestleMania happen? Would it not? And as everything else shut down, there was all sorts of public pressure to shut down WrestleMania. But here was the challenge. Not only did you have WrestleMania happened, but you had things like NXT TakeOver, Raw, SmackDown. On top of that, as we now know, a ton of independent wrestling shows are connected to WrestleMania weekend. There were a lot of people who stood to lose a lot. And WrestleMania made the decision, as Vince McMahon tends to do, to say the show must go on. But the show went on not from Raymond James Stadium, but from the WWE Performance Center with no audience. Major move. Uh, many disagreed, some agreed. They moved WrestleMania from a one-night situation to a two-night situation. They ended up pre-recording WrestleMania so it would not air live. Again, one of those scenarios because you did not know whether the state would be shut down, etc., etc., etc. Here's a number I want to throw at you because we talked about creativity and, of course, it forced the hand of both WWE and AEW. We would see later on in the year that AEW would do a couple of things. They would start uh, bringing wrestlers around the ring to serve as an audience. Actually, that didn't take long at all. That started happening at those tapings in Atlanta. And so seeing somebody around the ring was better than nothing. And uh, as opposed to WWE, who continued the empty arena scenario, WWE being influenced by AEW switched that hard cam from what you were seeing in the audience to the stage. That made a huge difference in what was happening in WWE programming. 
One of the other big things, of course, is when you look at WrestleMania, uh, we have to consider what the financial impact was of moving WrestleMania from the Raymond James Stadium to the Performance Center. It is estimated that WWE lost $22 million from the movement of WrestleMania thanks to COVID-19. WrestleMania 36 was expected to draw a gate of $15 million. It's also believed that there would have been $4 million in total from the four arena shows, along with $3 million in venue merchandise, getting us to the $22 million figure. WrestleMania 35, just to give you context, grossed $16.9 million, making it the second highest grossing event in WWE history. WrestleMania 34 grossed $14.1 million. WrestleMania 3 grossed $14.5 million. And WrestleMania 32 grossed a company record of $17.3 million. That's a lot of money, folks. A lot of money lost due to the pandemic. Now, that doesn't even count the amount of money that was lost at house shows that were supposed to happen. That did not count the amount of money that was lost by Raw and SmackDown not traveling. That did not count the amount of money that was lost by NXT not being able to air with live fans. So WWE lost a lot of money. So did AEW because they weren't able to welcome fans back. They weren't able to have that merch sold, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. It was a big loss for the world of pro wrestling financially. And as a result, WWE in April had a massive layoff. I mean, we remember all sorts of wrestlers were released. Uh, agents were released. Producers were released. The live event department was slashed. On top of that, there were furloughs that happened where people uh, were furloughed until July, August, or September. And now WWE, having decided to make WrestleMania at the Performance Center, had to decide what are we going to do with our other events. So, as I mentioned creativity, we got to see a unique bit of creativity from WWE as we saw for the first time ever two cinematic matches during WrestleMania. That being the Firefly Funhouse match between Bray Wyatt and John Cena and the Boneyard match between The Undertaker and AJ Styles. Both matches were incredible matches. Uh, both brought something special to the table and certainly kept the world of pro wrestling talking. Throughout the year, WWE would end up hosting, of course, most of their pay-per-views there at the Performance Center and uh, continue to build on the cinematic match, even making the Money in the Bank ladder matches cinematic matches, which were controversial on a lot of fronts. And both of those matches took place out of all places, WWE's corporate headquarters. For AEW, AEW became the first American promotion to welcome fans back to the arenas as they did COVID testing, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And they did all of this uh, at Daly's Place there in Jacksonville. Now, let me also go back to WWE and talk about how COVID impacted personnel there. Not only did it change the nights of WrestleMania, but it changed the card as well as WWE for most of the year lost its biggest star in Roman Reigns. Roman Reigns pulled out of WrestleMania, folks, which is still one of the biggest stories of the year, if you think about it. He pulls out of WrestleMania, now leaving Goldberg without an opponent 
for the Universal Championship. That opponent now becomes Braun Strowman, who would go on to win the Universal Championship at WrestleMania. Drew McIntyre would win the WWE Championship by beating Brock Lesnar at WrestleMania as well. So a lot of new things began to happen with WWE, new champions crowned, new concepts presented, including an award-winning concept called the Thunderdome. After watching shows like America's Got Talent, The Voice, uh, and other shows which began to have to figure out creatively, what do we do? How do we welcome people back? They would bring in video walls and allow people to sign up. WWE took that to a whole nother level by introducing the Thunderdome. This massive scenario where you had thousands of fans joining by video. What they also decided to do, of course, with the rise of Zoom and the like, is figure out how to control the sound. And so they brought in and pumped in pre-recorded sounds that they had recorded, obviously from years and years of fans chanting, et cetera, et cetera. And the design of that was to make the product both look and feel like what would happen if SmackDown, Raw, or any other event was in an arena. So you got to say that the creativity for WWE was off the chart with the Thunderdome. That was amazing. So everyone did not think that wrestling during a pandemic was a good move. WWE felt like it was. AEW felt like it was. Uh, Impact Wrestling had a number of shows taped for a while, and then they proceeded to uh, go into the empty arena shows, which they are still doing now. But organizations like Ring of Honor and New Japan Pro Wrestling and all of the organizations in England shut their shows down. Um, Ring of Honor decided that it would not be safe to welcome fans back. And so they shut down their shows until summertime, right around August or so. When they began production, they followed the lead of the NBA in having somewhat of a bubble of sorts, the uh, pandemic bubble or the COVID bubble, where they would welcome their wrestlers in. They would get them tested, quarantined, and then allow them to perform. For New Japan Pro Wrestling, they shut down for about three months, as most of their country did. They began to resume in June or so, in June or so, with some empty arena matches. And then they did something that both AEW, WWE, or any other promotion didn't do. They had a plan to welcome fans back on a much larger level. This summer, New Japan brought us the New Japan Cup, and the New Japan Cup would lead to the main event of Dominion with the winner battling Tetsuya Naito for the double championships. And suddenly, this began the return of New Japan Pro Wrestling. They welcomed fans back. They followed COVID procedures, and they were able to really begin bringing in revenue. That became the template for how pro wrestling can welcome fans back. Independent promotions decided to do kind of their own thing in welcoming fans back. Some did, some didn't, some had limitations, some didn't, some did outside shows, some did some things for inside shows, all sorts of things. There was a myriad of ways that the world of pro wrestling responded to the pandemic. 
As of right now, in 2021, WWE still hasn't welcomed fans back. Um, There are limited fans that show up at NXT, very, very limited. Uh, And again, part of the reason for that is WWE had several outbreaks during the pandemic of COVID that changed a number of their cards, both on NXT, on Raw, and on SmackDown. Meanwhile, AEW was pretty transparent about any COVID leaks, etc., 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 handled things very, very well. They did welcome fans back beginning uh, late summer, early fall. Everything for AEW right now is being housed at Daly's Place. And Daly's Place is a great space because it's an amphitheater. It allows for great social distancing. They are still bringing in about 15% capacity uh, for that particular space. So they may bring in anywhere between 700 to 1,000 folks, uh, again, in an attempt to be safe. So, yeah. The pandemic, a lot of things, and again, there's a lot of stuff we potentially missed with that, but we wanted to hit kind of the highlights for that. Now, next time when we talk about 2020, the year in review, it wasn't just the pandemic that changed the face of pro wrestling. It was a hashtag or a movement that changed pro wrestling in ways no one would have imagined. We're going to talk about next week, the speaking out movement that's coming up. It was a powerful movement, and it did its fair share of work in the world of pro wrestling. What do you think about this year in review? We've split it up again over about four weeks' time. I hope you're enjoying it. Let us know what you think by way of social media, Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter, at The Faction Show. Uh, Join us tomorrow. Of course, we've got more great current news coming to you tomorrow. We'll get you ready for NXT and AEW. Thursday, we're continuing our Throwback Thursday series as we'll continue to talk about Lucha Underground. And uh, we've got more things on the way. I hope you're enjoying this uh, consistent presentation of content for sure. Until next time, it's your man GB Gerard Bonner representing for my good brothers Courtney Beard, Brandon Clack, and the fourth horseman, John Murray. Collectively, we're known as The Faction. I need my people, here we go